<clears throat> now, let me ask you guys a question. Um, you ever had a stop and think about it moment? Uh, do you know what the, the series in Ecclesiastes is called? Stop and think, right? So, you ever have a stop and think about it moment? Like, it's a moment where, you know, you're probably busy, busy doing stuff, but you stop. Maybe something causes you to stop, but you stop, stop, you know, all the busyness, and you look at the big picture, and, and maybe you make some mid-course uh, corrections if you need to make them. Uh, I can think of a time when uh, I should have had a stop and think about it moment, but I didn't. Um, so the story goes that we were moving to a new place, and so um, it was a lot of furniture that we had to uh, 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 pack up and move. And so Reina says to me, should we rent a small truck and make many trips, or should we get like one big, tall truck and just make one trip? And that was the question that was posed to me. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, okay. I've never driven one of those big, tall trucks, but I'm wearing my big boy pants, and I feel up for the challenge. Let's go with the big one, right? So, and then, you know, the rental guy said, well, would you like to get insurance? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm courageous and I'm cheap. We're going to say no. And so, we spend the whole day loading the big truck, and uh, I even have a picture of it, um, uh, but, but, and then we set off. So I'm driving this big truck down the highway, no fear, you know, things are going smoothly, this is fine. And I did make a, a bit of a wrong turn, though, and so I winded up going through a hotel. Now, in this hotel, there was a veranda. And in the veranda was this, uh, like a roof, and in this roof, it was a little bit low. Okay, so anyways, um, Raina tells me this later, but she was kind of half uh, waking, half sleeping, and so she did kind of open one eye, and she saw the veranda, and she was thinking, that's kind of low. She's thinking, I hope he doesn't go there, and then she fell back asleep. So again, I'm driving, and I'm going to go through. I'm, again, I'm wearing my big boy pants, the big truck. And I drove the tall truck right smack into the veranda. And it made this loud crashing noise, and employees came running outside. And the moment I realized what I did, my words were, no, 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 no. And, uh, and then $10,000 later, that was one of the stupidest mistakes of my life. Now, this is what happened, okay? Like, like 10 seconds when I made wrong turn, saw a hotel, low-hanging roof, I should have had a stop and think about it moment. Should have thought, tall truck, low roof, mid-course correction. But I didn't, because I was just busy driving. Now, here in chapter 3, we have something called a stop and think about it moment. Actually, this whole book is stop and think about it. And uh, it's like King Solomon and Christ, like together. And I'll explain this as we go. 
are saying, hey, hey guys, look at the big picture, okay? Tall truck, low roof. All right, let me put it this way. Tall eternity, short life. Is there a mid-course correction that you need to take, right? And I can't think of a better time than summertime when you have more time to think, you have more time to read, than to really consider is there a decision, is there a correction that I need to take? Now, I'm going to give you an outline so that you guys can stay with me through the entire message, okay? Verses 1 to 8, we're going to go into a poem that Solomon wrote, all right? I, I bet you guys have heard it before, all right? And then we're going to look at each other and go, what does the poem mean, okay? And then it's like Solomon It comes up here and goes, well, l- let me tell you what I think about the poem that I wrote, okay? And I'm just going to tell you on the front end of things, Solomon's pretty divided about what he thinks. But he, what, he, what he does is he's like, I'm going to tell you why I'm so divided. And that's 11b. Okay, now there's more. There's like a, there's like a resolution that Solomon makes because he's like, okay, I can't know this. I guess we'll have to settle for smaller things. And that's how I read it. That's verse 12. We're not going to get there. For those of you who are in home groups, uh, have a great time with that. But you guys can all read that on your own. We're going to run out of time by then. But um, so let's start, okay? Now, again, the first, it's a poem about life under heaven, right? Um, another way of saying life under heaven is life under the sun. Let me hear you guys say life under the sun. Okay, now what does that mean? It's life in this fallen world, Okay. Life in this fallen world. Now, let's go with verse 1. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Again, those words, under heaven, under the sun. Now, how many of you guys have ever, like, you you like 60s music? Raise your hand. Anyone here? Um, You heard the song. It's sung by the birds. Y'all heard it? Okay, well... You want to hear it from me? Okay. Um, but, but, you know, it was like, you know, a time to... No, I'm not going to do that. But you, you, you get it, right? And, and it's interesting. In that song, it's basically calling for a time of peace. It's, it's kind of like prescriptive, right? And it's kind of positive. I'm just wondering if that is what King Solomon meant. Just putting that out there. I just wonder if he meant this song to be positive. Okay, here it, here it is. Uh, a time to be born and a time to die. You ever go to a seminary? Uh, did I say that? Cemetery? Wow, did I? <laughs> I didn't mean anything by that. That was not a Freudian slip. <laughs> cemetery. Sometimes, okay, yeah. Um, but when you go to a cemetery and you see a tombstone, you see two numbers, two sets of numbers, right? On the left is the time the person was born. On the time the right is the time the person died. And in between is a little hyphen. Now there's so much that happens in that little hyphen. And here between born and die, Solomon is talking about every activity of life under the sun. A time to plant and a time to pluck up. 
I'm going to go through these really quickly, but some need a little bit of explanation just to kind of make it metaphorical. So a time to set roots deep into a community and a time to actually pluck up, maybe move to a different city and then set roots into that community, right? Verse 3, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. By the way, I, I don't think King Solomon is writing this in a prescriptive way. I don't think he's justifying killing. I think he's looking at all the activities under the sun, and he's saying in human history, there have been periods where there's been great violence, and then there's been periods of great peace. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, by the way, I want you to think money, spending, a time to gather stones together. Just an aside, I have two sons that demonstrate the very diversity of this experience. I have one son that spends more than he makes. I look at him, I go, who do you think you are? You think you're like the U.S. government. Who do you think you are? And I have another son. And for, to, for him, like money to him is like the ring to Gollum. You know, like, my precious. You know, it's like... So much diversity, even in one family, you know? Verse 6. Verse 5. B. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Think relationships, reconciling. Think refrain, giving space so that time can cool things down. Verse 6. A time to seek. A time to lose. A time to cut your losses. A time to keep time to cast away, time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, time for war, and a time for peace. All right, this is the $100 question, which is, what does this poem mean, okay? We don't have much time, but I'm going to take a quick break. I want you to turn to someone next to you and just think, if you were going to come up with one idea for the main idea of this poem on its own, what would you say, okay? I'm not going to give you much time, so I'm going to give you like 20 seconds each. Turn to a neighbor. Go ahead and share. Have some fun. Go. Okay, um, now we're back. All right. All right, now now, uh, I I imagine there's going to be some different messages uh, for this poem. And so I'm going to kind of go through what I think might be some good choices. It's not exhaustive, but here it goes, okay? It it seems like the, the meaning of the poem is that everything in life has a season. Summer, fall, winter, spring, the seasons, Okay. Now, if that was your interpretation, like, raise your hand. 
Okay, just a few. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so seasons, born, die, plant, pluck, kill, heal, break down, build up, you get it. Okay, so, but others of you, the message seems to be, um, since there's a season for everything, and this is the more encouraging message, like, if you're in a, a season, like a bad season of despair, hold on, because there's going to be a good season later on, right? How many of you had that kind of interpretation? <clears throat> Okay, just a few. And, um, and then I think um, there's also another message, which is like um, you're going through um, a certain kind of season. Maybe it's a dry spell, or maybe it's a breakup, or maybe you're sad about something. And it's almost like, hey, don't rush it. Let the season play out, and in God's time, there'll be another season, right? Something like that. You guys, you guys all with me? Okay. Now, I think those are all good messages, if the poem were to stand on its own. But here's the crazy thing about the text. The poem doesn't stand on its own. It's like, here's this poem, right? And, and, then, and then King Solomon reads it. And then just imagine King Solomon comes up and says, okay, you like my poem? We're like, yeah, we, we love your poem. We put it into a song. We sing it, you know? Great, 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 great. Would you like to hear what I think about the poem? Would you like to hear about what I think about uh, this poem that describes the wide range of life experience that's happening in life under the sun. Yeah, okay, well, of course, you wrote it. Uh, what do you think about it? Here's verse 9. Here, here he goes. King Solomon. What gain has the worker from his toil? Like, what? By the way, where have you heard those words before? How about verse 3 in the start of the book, where he was talking about the problem with life? What gain has the worker from his toil? We're, we're talking about all these seasons, season for this, season for that, season to be born, a season to die. And, and Solomon's like, yeah, yeah, okay, right, right. I want to know what is the point? Like, what is the gain? Where, where is this going? That, that's what I want to know when I think about the poem of everything that happens under the sun. That, that's King Solomon. What, what's, the, what's the point? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. So, you, you, okay, Solomon's like, okay, I'm looking at all the different seasons, and I'm just like, where is this going, right? And then I think we're like, okay, so Solomon, you don't like your own poem? And then I think Solomon, who's still on the fence, this is uh, uh, verse 11, you know, I think he's kind of like reconsidering, like, well, okay, but still, he has made everything beautiful in its time. That's verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know where this is all going, but I got to believe when I look, maybe with faith and hope, there is some kind of order. There is some kind of elegance to its all. It's like a dance between the season. And here I feel like Solomon's like, gosh, I, I, I don't know where it's going, but I sense or I can see he's made everything beautiful in its time. He's reaching out in faith. He's reaching out in hope. But okay, so, so Solomon, 
which is it? I mean, are you hopeful? Are you in despair? Why are you so divided? 11b is where I feel like Solomon going, okay, this is the problem. This is why I'm so divided. You want to hear why I'm so divided? Here it is. He has put eternity into man's heart. He has put this desire to live forever in your heart, in my heart. He has put this desire to see from the beginning to the end in your heart. You want to see. You want to know. You want to have an eternal perspective. You want to know that the pain that you're going through now is going to be worth it a thousand years from now. Don't you? So here is Solomon, and he says eternity. By the way, eternity can mean one of two things. It can mean eternity in living, but it also can mean eternity in perspective. I want to live forever, and I want to be able to see from an eternal perspective. I want to live for, this is So this is King Solomon. I want to live forever, but I don't know if I will. Now, how come he doesn't know if he will? Because in the Old Testament, at this period of time, it hasn't been revealed. So Solomon doesn't know. He doesn't know if there is an eternity. He doesn't know what happens after you die. He doesn't know with greater detail. He says, I want to see the beginning from the end, or the end from the beginning, but I can't. And so Solomon was very frustrated by it. And if you read this book, you can feel his frustration. Uh, When I was in high school, I had a really great teacher by the name of Mr. Spodum. And he was my history teacher, right? Let Let me tell you what a great teacher he was. On his wedding day, in front of all of his guests, right, he, he got the mic, and he, and he, and he kind of like, he, he spoke to all of the guests, and he said, in my life, I have had two great loves. My first love is history, and my second love is tacos. No, I'm just kidding. He said, and my second love is my bride. But if on your wedding day, you're saying those are your two great loves, you really love history. And he loved it, and you could tell. He loved history, right? So anyway... Uh, junior year, uh, he, was, he was teaching us U.S. history, and uh, I'll never forget what he did on the last day of class. He took the entire class onto the football field, okay? And so we were all right there, and he went to the, the zero-yard line, and he said, you guys, look at the entire field. And he said, I want you to pretend that this zero-yard line is the beginning of human history, Okay? Now, here's the question. All the way on the other end is the present time. Beginning, present time. How much history do you think we've covered? Now, a, a lot of people ran to the middle of the field, you know, you know, and some people were over here, but some people were over here, and they're like, oh, I think it's about like right, maybe here, all the way down there. And then, you know, other people who were, were smarter was like, no, I think it's more down there. So we went a little further, right? And then Mr. Spodon said, class, come over here. And we went all the way down to the end of the other um, zero-yard line, the 100-yard line. And then Mr. Spodum, just for dramatic effect, got down on his knees, right? Took out a ruler, okay? 
got down on his knees and measured like three-eighths of an inch. And he goes, you guys, this year, this is how much we've covered. We're like, oh. And he's like, now look down the field. This is how much we haven't touched. We're like, wow. Okay, now I, I want you to imagine King Solomon Going, okay, no, 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 let me, let me take this over. I can use this, okay? Imagine King Solomon saying, no, 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 let's do, let's do something different. Let's imagine right here at the zero-yard line is present time. And the expanse out there is the future, okay? Here's the question, class. How much life have you covered? Now, just imagine King Solomon getting down on his knees for dramatic effect, looking around and going... Aha! You see this piece of lint? That is your life. And if you look at the very beginning, that's when you were born. And if you look at the very end, that's when you died. And then all of this eternity. Don't you think that eternity matters? Don't you think knowing that there's an eternity is going to change how you live on the lint? Don't you? Or are you living life like, oh, lint, 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 oh, the dizziness, the dizziness, but you don't see the eternity? And here's, here's King Solomon. I want to know, is there an eternity? If there is, it's a game changer. If there isn't, then I'm not sure a lot of the stuff that we worry about really matters. And here's King Solomon saying, I want to know. Well, in the next verse, King Solomon's giving you advice, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know. And here's the thing. Ecclesiastes will bring you the question, but the gospel, the gospels in the New Testament, they will bring you the answer. And here's what the gospels say. A thousand years after King Solomon, there was a man who came to Israel, and this man was also a king, like Solomon, except very different kind of king. He had very little wealth. He had very little majesty that would draw people to him. And he was executed with a punishment reserved for the worst kind of criminal. But the life he lived was filled with a supernatural love, hope, meaning, and joy. He was such an incredible person The people didn't just ask, in effect, who are you, but what, what, what are you? And Jesus was clear that he was not just a gifted teacher, but he was the son of God. God come down in flesh. And after he was executed, three days later, he rose from the dead. Solomon's like, I want to know. It's a game changer. Is there an eternity? And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. There is an eternity, Jesus says. It was paid for, it was bought in my blood, and knowing that is a game changer for how we live life on the lint. <clears throat> I 
You guys, when I crashed my really tall truck into the really low roof, I really wish I had a stop and think about it moment. It would have saved me $10,000. I should have said, my truck is really tall and that roof is really low, so I'm going to make a mid-course correction. I think Solomon's question and the answer that Jesus provides should make us all think, you know, eternity is really long. And my life is really short. So is there something in your life that needs to change today? Is there a mid-course correction that you would make? Now, uh, maybe today is your stop and think about it moment. I think for me, I've had several in my lifetime. I, I know the first time was when I was in high school. I remember going to church one day, hearing about Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins, that he wants to have a relationship with me, and I just, something inside me just resonated, and I committed the rest of my life to to knowing and loving Jesus as Lord and Savior. That was the best decision I've ever made, best decision ever, ever made. It was a stop and think about it moment for me. You know, I think life, by the grace of God, gives you more of these stop and think about it moments. And um, I wanted to share just a couple more with you. For me, not just in high school, but it was actually seven years ago, I had a stop and think about it moment. It was my first sabbatical. How many of you guys have ever had a sabbatical? Raise your hand. Yeah, Colin, I'm looking at you because... I remember I was excited about going on my very first sabbatical. Like, ooh, this sounds great. And I remember I was talking to Colin because he's gone on a lot of sabbaticals. And if I sound jealous, it's because I am. And so I was just asking Colin, like, hey, how do I do this? What can I expect? And Colin was very wise. And he said to me, you know, sometimes in life, there are certain things that you just can't see unless the machinery of work just comes to a halt. You rest, and then you can only see what it is uh, that you couldn't see before amid all the busyness activity. So I'm like, oh, okay, 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 this sounds great. So what I did is I, uh, I took a trip to China, and for one month, I, um, I you know, like hung out with my family, I went traveling, and I, I, I drank a lot of boba, really, you know, that's... For an entire month, I just, I really did not much at all. And I was looking forward to, okay, what is it that I'm going to see that can I, I can only see when I, you know, all the machinery of work just shuts down. Did, did I see something? Well, after a month of virtually doing nothing, yeah, I did see something. And this is kind of like what God showed me. Uh, it's like God was saying to me, Andrew, of your ministry is good. 20%, not so good. And if you don't change the 20%, then when you finish ministry, you're going to have a lot of regrets. So this is what he said to me. This is what he showed me. I've been investing my life in programs, in structures. I've been 
uh, investing my life in messages. And I felt like God was saying, you need to invest in people. And if you don't make a correction, you're going to regret it. And so I came back from the sabbatical, and I'm like, okay, okay, every day I'm going to have some face-to-face where I'm making an investment in people. Now, uh, uh, last May, I, I, I shared with the church that Reina and I feel called to the mission field. And so, in, in, in a sense, we're saying the first of kind of like a long goodbye. But this was very interesting. Like, for as long as I've been here, no one came up to me and said, Andrew, we're so going to miss you for the program that you led. But really, my most meaningful conversations have been, Andrew, we're going to miss you because you invested in us relationally. You guys, eternity is really long. And life is really short. Is there a mid-course correction that you need to make? Here's another way uh, to think about it. I I once heard that a person has three core decisions to make in life um, before 30, they said, but now I'd like to raise that to 50, okay? But can you guess what those three core decisions are? They all begin with the letter M. Number one is master. Who is your master? Eternity is long. Life is short. There's only one master that gets you into eternity, and that's Jesus. Who is your master? Here's number two. What is your mission? By the way, people say that um, for every Christian, you should have a ministry inside church and a mission outside of it. What's your mission? And number three is who is your mate? Or should you have a mate? Eternity is long, life is short, and the choices we make in the short affect the long. Do you need to change something about where your life is going? Last thing I want to share. Um, I shared with the church a couple months ago that God gave me a dream. And in this dream, he was telling me that my time at CLC is, is coming to a close. And so that was a very big stop and think about life moment for us. But I, I've sort of been realizing that right now I'm 44 years old. And right now, I don't know how many more years I have, but maybe it's half time. God willing, I'll have another 44 more years. But it's kind of like for the first 44 years, we've been investing in this, no regrets. Love it. And now for the third quarter of life, we feel that God's calling us to the mission field because we want to live a life with no regrets. Eternity is long, life is short. Do you know where God is calling you? Do you have a ministry in the church and a mission outside of the church? Just think of King Solomon with his question and Jesus with his answer. Eternity is long. Life is short. Let's live life with no regrets.
Now I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. And I can have you all just stand. I, I want you to pick a position that's the best for you just to pray. And I want to give you a minute. If you all just kind of like raise your hands like this. If you prefer to sit down, you can sit down. But this is the question I would have you ask the Lord. And then after you ask, just listen. He might speak to your heart. And this is the question you can say. You can say, Father God, eternity is long and life is short. Is there something in my life that you would have me change? And just say that question and then listen and see what he says. Dearest God, since the eternity that Christ provides us is so long, and since our lives are so short, help us, give us courage to live a life with no regrets. In Jesus' name.